Little slice of peacocks in your pocket. Good evening, everybody. Welcome along to episode 13, and lucky for some, of the Wordsworth Weekly Podcast. Normally, there's four of us, but tonight, it's a double act. There's no John and there's no Max. They haven't been approached by Yeovil or by Yate. They're just not available tonight. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's just me and uh, the B stand-in, I guess, for the commentary, Adam White. Adam, say hello. Hello, everybody. You caught me off guard there a little bit with your uh, <laughs> your your teams of choice that they might have gone to. That was uh, topical, topical. I like it. Well, you never know. It could it could be talky for all we know. <laughs> <laughs> it could be anybody. It could be anybody. But no, uh, John is su- uh, suffering at home. Bless him. He um, made the trip on Tuesday. Shouldn't have done, but like a little trooper he is, he came down. He's now suffering for it. And Max, I don't know where he is. He's out somewhere with friends, I think. Anyway, mate, how are you? Very good, mate. How are you? I've finally warmed up from Tuesday night. Oh, that was um, chilly. Bit Baltic, wasn't it? Yeah, it was um, edge of the seat stuff because I felt like we were in the game for a long time. But um, yeah, my my feet and my hands, my extremities were. It took the brunt of the the minus three or whatever it was. You should have had the throw that John bought at the, from the club shop. That was a very shrewd investment, I think, from John, to be fair. Yeah. Very, very smart buy. Well, I to be fair, I brought a flask of coffee with me on Tuesday night and it all went by the before kickoff, I think. Yeah, it was. I think I bought a hot chocolate and was, was, was necking it like it was going out of fashion just to try and warm my insides up. So then, we've got a lot to discuss, just me and you. I feel like I'm on a job interview. <laughs> Zoom, a Zoom job interview. Zoom job interview. So, Adam, can you tell me a bit about yourself? Oh, well, I like long walks on the beach and um, I like to relax at home in my spare time. Very good. And why do you think work on the Wordsworth Weekly will do for you? I think I could be a real big asset because I can, I'm comfortable working in a team, but also confident enough to work by myself. Very good. I'll be, I'll be in touch. Well, that's literally what everyone says on the job interview, isn't it? <laughs> so then, since our last recording, um, we've had, uh, let's go back to the actual order of what it was. Uh, we've had two departures, mate, haven't we? With two, two departures, yeah. Joe Guest and Nick McCootie leaving for Yate. Off to Yate, yeah. They've, um, off the pastures new, which is a, like a blow to the club, isn't it? Because, Players that have been around for, been around the club for a long time and been at this level for the two seasons. Um, hard to replace players like that for sure. So our loss is is definitely Yates' gain for sure. I can kind of see why Guesty went back because obviously that's where he's from originally. Um, bit gutted to see Nick go. In all fairness, because he's all you know, he's hasn't got long left and. Of his career, that is, you know, he's not dying. in a footballing sense, yeah. <laughs> footballing sense, yeah. Um, bless him. I'm not. I'm not wishing ill health on Nick McKee for God's sake. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a bit disappointing to see him go. To be fair, because uh, I thought this season he offered a little bit more. In all fairness, 
yeah, so obviously my first season with the club and he's developed this like old hero status. When he comes on, everyone gets excited. If he starts the game, it's like we're listening to that tequila song that everyone sings and it's, it's great. And he, he, he brings excitement the way he plays the game as well. So, um, yeah, big loss. Good, good guy as well. Both good blokes. So, big tough to lose the players. Tough to lose the people as well. Yeah, big target man going, isn't it, as well? That's a, another issue. It's it's an area that we are probably a little bit a little bit light in now, the, the striking department. Um, start of the season, I've, loads of coverage up there. Um, but now, yeah, now it, I'm... I'm We'll come on to it later, but I'm not surprised to see us busy in the in the transfer incomings as well as outgoings. Yeah. Should we get on to what was the main talking point last week? The, Which uh, was? <laughs> the two statements. Yeah. <laughs> Shall we? <laughs> we've we've never had as many interactions on on Twitter <laughs> as as we did that night. I Friday night wasn't it before the game. Yeah. I had to. I was I was working and I was in a place with no signal. Put my phone down. Um, a quarter past five. Pick my phone up again at quarter to nine, and I've got a hundred and eight WhatsApp messages. And I was like, either we have signed Killian Mbappe, or <laughs> something awful has happened. Um, and just yeah, just trying to read through every message in our group chat about like what was going on here, and what was going on because we were. Well, I certainly was, and I'm sure you were as well. Completely blindsided, didn't didn't know as anybody just saw it post on on social media, um, and we we're like, whoa, okay, like this is this is what's happening. So, but that's how they feel, like players. I mean, and and they're putting that statement out. It's it's tough. It's a tough dynamic because I was in Edinburgh um, for my birthday weekend, and it caught me off guard because on Friday night. We went out for a meal, um, the family, um, and literally, as, as you, like, my phone was on vibrate, but it was, like, constantly just going off and off and off in my pocket. And I, said, yeah. I, I said to my missus, I'm going to have to go and see what's going on here because, like, it's constantly going off. And, yeah, so Kev, uh, the chairman, released a statement first, um, and that got a good reaction, in all fairness, because it, it was something that was needed, and the fans took it well. And yeah. then, yeah, I've definitely, definitely, the fans seem to gravitate to it, and it promoted a a bit of a fighting response. You know what I mean, like we can do this, come on, boys, and all that. I've, I was reading the comments, um, and then yeah, obviously, the, the second statement came out, um, and it, in fairness, that got a good response as well with with, with certain people, and obviously, it's tough because we are neutral we're in the middle mate neutral, neutral um i don't know enough about the subject to be able to comment on it i just like to turn up with a smile on my face on a saturday and sometimes on a tuesday and say hello to everybody and hopefully watch Jordan win um but yeah it, it's, it's a tough dynamic like the club's going through at the moment and the people who are in the thick of it i.e kev carl people like that i can only imagine how how tough it is i can only imagine how tough it is for the boys to try and play football when when we've got things like this going on, Rob and the management team trying to trying to get a team out is hard. It's hard. Um, if if it wasn't already hard enough at, at this level, we it's, it's a little bit harder at the moment. 
I was going to say, I guess piled it on a bit thicker, really, aren't they? Um, yeah, a little bit. it was just a bit. The reaction, it's kind of a lot of fans are calling it like a civil war, really, because it's Kev on one hand and and the, and the board, versus and the players, and it's a it's a sort of a toxic feel, which I really thought was going to come to a head on Tuesday. Um, against Yeovil because basically some people are on playing staff side, some people are on Kev's side of things, and it's kind of it's it's it could have turned ugly, but fortunately it didn't. Yeah, uh, and I, it didn't because first and foremost we're a football club, we're a football team, um, yeah. and where we can we're going to concentrate on football. And Tuesday was, yeah, it could have been, it could have got really bad. But in all honesty, is there a better team to play in that moment? Because it's it's a little bit back against the wall and it's a little bit them and us. And it, it galvanises the team. And we have a very sort of prominent, known um, rivalry with, with Yeovil. So for them to be in town as well, it, it allowed us just to take the spotlight off of anything behind the scene and go, we're playing Yeovil in a league game. First time they've they've come to Tottenham in a league game ever. Um Let's see what we can do. And I think it was really good Tuesday. Really good. But we'll we'll, we'll get onto that properly later. We've yeah, yeah, yeah. slow to discuss as well. But um good reception. Good like three thousand fans in as well. Do you know what I mean? Like great, wasn't it? Fantastic. If 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 the three thousand fans are listening to this podcast, uh we play at home three o'clock on a Saturday as well. So if if even fifty percent of you could turn out, that would be really appreciated. Big I'm not, time having. I'm not being funny. Saturday's game's more important. Big time, mate. Big time. Um, in terms of who we're competing with in the league, Yeovil or Dover. Um, yeah, Saturday is a massive game. But before we get, we'll talk about that later. Obviously, um, before that, obviously about the statements and the players. Obviously, Nick McHugh, yeah. your guests have gone. Saturday, we actually had a game of football. Which, again, I'll do it because Max and John aren't here. Oh, I didn't I'm go. not going to do it. I'm not going to do it, mate. Thanks, at least mate. you turn up to at least you turn up to the podcast. Exactly. Yeah, exactly, mate. Um, we did have a game of football, and I know you look at the score line. There's no pictures on the scorecard and all those things. We lost three nil, but that three nil compared to the three nil against having at Waterlooville a few weeks ago, completely different games. Completely different games between. Between both boxes, we were really good. We were we were we were tough to beat. We were good on the ball. Probably didn't create enough chances um, to really warrant three points, but yeah. at the same time, didn't concede enough chances. I didn't think to to feel that we should deserve, we deserve to lose that three 0 If we'd have lost one nil, maybe. But if we'd have drawn the game nil nil one all, um, no complaints from either side. I don't think. And we've obviously had a goal ruled out at one nil down, um, which changed the changes the dynamic of the game completely. Because all of a sudden we've got the momentum, we're on top, and what do we do then? And what do how does Flau react? But just things we we get on with because if they go against us, you just got to dust yourself down, and go up, keep going. How was the um like reaction of the players and the fans that were there on Saturday after you know the day after the night before? Um, fans, excellent. Excellent. There, there are probably 25, 30 fans. Um, clap, clap the boys off. They, they. I think they knew that 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 wasn't a three nil battering. It was, it was, it was three chances. 
have gone in the net. Um, avoidable goals, soft goals to concede. But I think I think on the main, the fans the fans aren't stupid. They they know that the boys put everything in there. Um, especially the ones watching. There were there were a few comments after the game on social media I saw, which yeah, I didn't see that. Which weren't accurate in 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 my mind, um, but if that's how someone saw it, I get it. But certainly not certainly not what I saw. Um, the but you can tell by the players' reaction how much how much they they want to get themselves out of trouble. They want to they want to to to, to be that team that's that's top of the league again and and everything sunshine and rainbows and whatever and just and just pick up pick up points. This this is. It's, it's hurting them big time. It is hurting them. And for them to keep turning out every week, put performance like they did against Slough, performance like they did against Yeovil, um, it's credit to them for sure. Um, Louis Slough obviously made his debut as well. How did he get on? Because I only saw him briefly on Tuesday night, but how was his impact? Yeah, so he, he, he came straight in on Saturday. Um, had his name up as li- in lights as soon as he got there because obviously... Slough, slough, yeah. So uh, we're, I, I was sort of hoping there's a little dynamic here if he scores um, for social media, whatever. But no, he, he he's good, and he sort of he came into the team in, in a in a position I think slightly unfamiliar to him, and obviously at a level that he's he's not quite used to at the moment. Um, I think Rob mentioned in his interview post match that he picked up a, a little bit of an injury, um, so he he played fifty five minutes, sixty minutes. But positive, built really well. Like, you know, when someone just looks like a footballer. Yeah. He looks like a footballer. He had, obviously, we played in white. He had the white boots on. And I was like, you give a great, a great first impression. Um, it's like six foot four playing wing back. And I watched Dan Byrne. Dan Byrne running up there. So, yeah. And excited to see what he does um, in the future, whether he, whether he plays in more of a traditional back three or whether he still plays it left wing back. Not sure, but um, good to have him through the door, definitely. And go on, mention Rabi, man of the match on Saturday, um, considering that the young lad's not played. Um, and, and to be fair, I thought he was fantastic on Tuesday night again. Um, but obviously, like with the likes of no Lee Lucas, no... Um, who else? Go guest. No Go Guest. So the midfield was lacking, really, the numbers. So... Rabi got put in there. Marcus Day was playing as well. Evander Grubbs come back uh, on a dual registration. Yeah. Rabi got so, mad. Rabi um, on Saturday at, well, and Tuesday as well. We'll talk about Saturday first when he gets man of the match. Fantastic. Like, started the game at a good tempo. Um, just gives us plenty of energy in there. Lots of lots of regains when we're out of possession. Um yeah, really good performance, and then he backed it up on Tuesday with another good performance. And I've never seen, I've never seen a single tackle get so much love and praise from not just the fans in the ground on Tuesday, but like comments after the game and stuff as well. Like that, that tackle. We, we all know throughout the game. Listen to this. You know the tackle I'm talking about. Um, yeah, just excited to see what he can do going forward. Marcus a, as well as go on. It was a proper tackle. They won it. It's like one of those old oh. tackles, like. Get it. Dream about it. You uh, hold a midfielder, recovery run. That's the one you want, right? Right in front of the fans, and yeah, fantastic. Um, but Marcus as well has come in on on Saturday and uh, came off the bench. Good impact. Gets a start Tuesday. 
Um, and he's he's getting there. He's he's bit by bit getting better every week. He's building on performance after performance. Same as Rabi. Um, so they've they've got themselves a good platform now where they can go and have a run of games and and hopefully keep improving week after week for sure. Uh, I didn't actually get to listen to you guys on Saturday, but I've, I've listened to all of what fifteen, I think it's like ten minutes, if that. Um, whilst I was waiting in a cafe to try and warm up on Saturday, but uh, enjoy commentary, mate. I love the commentary; it's such good fun. We we have um, we have obviously a good time talking about football. It's, it's it's similar to the podcast, like you talk about football all day, but then when you get questions coming in off a live chat as well, and you respond to them and it's 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 good interaction. I just if we could just guarantee a win. My first commentary game was Farnborough at home. Mm. I was like, I'll do this every week. <laughs> this is fantastic. I'm running out of ways to describe a goal. We've scored four today. <laughs> um, I don't think we've scored since I've done commentary. To be fair, I don't think I've commentated on another goal, which is a bit rough. I've done haven't haven't won either Slough and Farnborough. So I'm still. Uh, uh, oh no, I'm 6-4 down now, to be fair. So I'm in minus goal difference, but that'll turn around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, mate, if you if you want to have a couple more weeks off, then uh, I'll happily step in. No problem. Yeah, okay. if, if John's got a bad throat or whatever, if that, if that lingers on Saturday, just let me know, mate. My phone's always on. <laughs> well, to be fair, the way he was on Saturday, oh, well, sorry, Tuesday, second half, how he made it through the game, bless him, he was shivering and whatever. He shouldn't have been there, but fair play to him. No, he was. Um, it's not not the place to be, is it? Speaking oh. speaking live when he got a sore throat in a minus three or whatever. It was a um, tough gig, but Jova at home and it got got to be there. <laughs> and considering you know everyone knows about me and John who we follow and who we support, so you got to be there. <laughs> you got to be there. We had to uh, keep you back from getting on the pitch at full time, didn't we? Yeah, a little bit. I wanted, I wanted to get <laughs> did a did a whole little like stupid thing that Jova will do the three fist pumps in the air. Love it. But uh, before Tuesday's game, mate, we got two new signings coming through from Bristol City. Um, Zach Bell made his debut on Tuesday night and uh, from the start, he was impressive, I thought. Longest throw in the world. I think he would give Roy Delap a massive competition. Like, he, he had bags of energy. He's, he's much more than just a long throw, don't get me wrong. Um, but that is that is a good weapon to to use um, it's, it's like having a corner from a throw in he's, he's throwing it to the back post um, yeah so him, him coming in plenty of energy plenty of it, like just very dynamic very um, low centre of gravity good good option at, at full back um, and yeah it, obviously Marley Marley Rose has come in as well so he We'll hopefully get a few more minutes and we'll get to see what he can do because it's sort of 10, 15 minutes. Um, so, yeah, it, two new boys coming in, which which always gives a bit of a lift to, to the fans and those players around them. And it's just nice, isn't it? Nice when you bring players in. Not it nice in, in sort of the circumstances because obviously we're, we're very much feels like one in, one out at the moment. But it is exciting when you get when you get new players through the door and that sense of anticipation of, oh, what can these guys do? Yeah. Well, because when um, I saw, obviously, we signed Bell, because um, he was on loan at Yeovil at the start of the year. And right. a lot of Yeovil fans didn't really give much praise to him because they didn't see much of him. Um, so it's only one of those players where I thought, well, you know, what's he going to be like? But his 
because obviously we've lost like say again lost like likes of Lee Lucas we've lost um uh Nick McCutty. so we've lost like the the age group the age dynamic has come down massively mm. and it's another young player to come in and I think that's what we're going to have to look at in the future really having a more of a younger sort of squad and if we can build around young players all for it I I think personally that probably becomes sort of like our recruitment drive as well potentially going forward because we have the platform to be able to offer players exposure at this level yeah. um, if they stay for five seven ten years great if they stay for one or two seasons three seasons and they move on for money and full-time football or national league or football league or whatever um great and they go with our blessings as long as they give us everything in the year two, three, four, or whatever, they're with us. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Um, and if we, it's not, I guess it's not like the most glamorous and calling yourself a stepping stone or whatever, but it happens at every level of football. Look at someone like Brighton. They lose their best players every single season, every yeah. season for, for a lot more money, admittedly, but they already know their next signing. And I feel like with the amount of, players that have walked out the door recently, we, ha we have to praise recruitment because they're walking out the door to go to, well, in like talking about like Dylan Morgan, Jay Falston, they, they're going on to like yeah. full-time football, something that we can't offer at the moment and you can't begrudge them with doing it. They sort of go with our well wishes. Um, leaving in sort of the right way, do you know what I mean? If, if there is a right way and if we want to become that club, we can sort of say to players, look, look what we've done with ABC, who are two or three years older than you or whatever, that, that could be you in however long. So that's that's got to be our selling point, I think, surely. Exactly. Like, like the thing like Rob was saying in before his um, interview on Tuesday night, he was saying, like, because uh, we asked him, like, obviously, um, what's the deal with Austin, you know, what and everything else. And he, before he even talked about Austin, he was saying about players going, and it's like, you can't really grumble it at players who want to get full-time football. Like, as you said, like Jake Wannell went last year to full-time football. Yeah. Um, Dylan and um, uh, Jay have both gone into full-time football as well. So, like, three out of those players who we've current who we've lost recently are going into full-time football. And you can't really, you know... Um, I don't think so. No, you can't, you can't begrudge them for it. Um, they're leaving for something we can't currently offer at the moment. And that's that's what it comes down to. It. I think we all had the dream when we were a kid that we all wanted to be a full time professional footballer, didn't we? Yeah. And like some people get a little bit closer to that, but you've also got to understand that some of those boys have probably experienced being in an academy at sixteen, seventeen, and being told, "No, thank you," and it's a setback and whatever. And now they've had a second bite of the cherry to go and do it again. Um. That you can't, you can't knock them for it. They, they go, they all go. My well wishes, hundred percent. Yeah, you can't, you can't really begrudge them. As you said, it's one of those things, isn't it? Really, it's just unfortunately, if a player performs at this level, you're going to be noticed, and if you need the money, a club's going to sell you. Simple as that, isn't it? That can be the conveyor belt because there is another player right now chasing that same dream that needs to. Put themselves in the shop window, and yes. we can we can go and offer them our version of that. They might think, "Oh, I want to get to that level. I want to get to the highest level possible." 
and they're currently playing, I don't know, Western League, for example, and we can come in and say, do you know what, come to Tottenham, we can give you exposure, we believe in you, we need players as well to come in and, and, and play for us, give us everything. Um, if you want to do that, we'd love to have you. And that's, I imagine those conversations are happening um, with the right players, especially the players that can can play at this level or, or have played at this level and have, have gone down, vice versa. Um, so, yeah, we, we've just got to be be smart in the recruitment process, but we will be. We will be. We're moving players. Like, look, look at where we picked those three players you mentioned up. Jay, Jay Quannell, Dylan, um, brought them into the club allowed them to play a certain brand of football that's got them noticed to go on and bigger and better things. That's that's the game plan. That's it, mate. That's exactly it. So that's all the games covered from last week, mate. Do you? How did your prediction go? I can't even remember what mine was. Oh, I said 3-0, oh, didn't I? I think Yovel. my prediction... You said 3-0 to Yeovil, yeah. So I guess you got a correct result, which pains me I to say. I think you do, but it's a dirty point, mate. <laughs> Well, hang on, mate. Think... I've been done over in the swear jar, so I think I'll allow one point for the prediction league. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, okay. Um, I think I said one 0 win. To Tottenham again, correct score. <laughs> yeah, yeah, obviously, to, yeah. obviously to Tottenham, correct score. Um, yeah, I, I've I thought like we we play well Tuesday. We we had a game plan. We carried it out. We did exactly what we needed to do to have as much chance for as long as possible in that game. There's a lot of there's a lot of connecting words in that sentence, but you don't want to be out of the game twenty minutes in, half an hour in. No. And the longer it stayed nil nil, I was there thinking, I was like, this is gonna be a really squeaky last twenty minutes. And then even when they scored, I thought, well that that really does set the game up now because at nil nil, I'd imagine it'd be we'd batten down the hatches and they'd come and try and go for the win. But at yeah. one nil, they've got something to protect, so they're going to be the ones being pegged back. Um, and I, I was expecting a little bit of a barrage, and I thought our oh, game set up for this. But credit to Yeovil, they they managed it quite well. We did have one good chance, didn't we, with with Louis Slough towards the end, um, which sort of. Because he's so tall, it was like in between place. He could he could have need it, but he chose to head it. But he was sort of it was my height. That's just landed right on his forehead. All, all being said, I am like a foot shorter than him. Um, I probably have to jump to be fair. And he stooped. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was a that, one that would have been nice. It was a one that I look back on because uh, Yeovil released the highlights, didn't they, on their or their HP source, and it's the. It's the run from Ross Stern when he was in the box and all those step overs and he just falls over. <laughs> I know, I know, like we laughed on, on air, but it's like when you look back, it's like, oh, that's such a good chance. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I think that's the story of our last however many games is like we've had a lot of nearly moments. We've had a lot of moments where, like the Slough game, for example, three moments in that game, we were below par and the ball's got in on it three times. That's how brutal it was. Um, in an attacking sense, it's hard to say that well, we would have scored if he'd have cut it across the box because there's still a lot of variables to control there. Um, but yeah, those nearly moments that we're just, just going for a bit of a patch at the moment where we're not getting the rub of the green, I'd say. It's all right, mate. Luck's going to change, hopefully. It will. It will. Form is temporary. 
So, mate, what else has happened uh, last week? I can't think of much to uh, to talk about last week, to be honest. Can you? Um, no, we had. Well, this week we had a new sponsor announced, didn't we? Of course, we did. Yeah, that we did. Um, JMT Plastering has become a new sponsor of the Peacock Suite and Club Shop. Lovely. I saw that they donated um some like sheets to prevent against like the frost as well That's between right, them and yeah. Juicens as well, wasn't it? On for the game on Tuesday, I think. Um, um so yeah, obviously they've got a connection to the club somewhere. So yeah, great. So uh, let me just quickly read that statement that came out last week. So it's JMT Plasterings. Taunton Town is delighted to announce another major partner and sponsor has come on board. The Peacock Suite and Club Shop will now be sponsored by JMT Plastering Limited and will soon be adorned with a new signage to confirm the agreement. Chairman Kevin Sermi remarked, I am delighted to welcome John on board in what is a uh, significant deal for the club. I have known John for years um, and he has always had Taunton Town in his heart. So this now not only represents significant investment on its part, but will also be opening up many doors into areas we don't currently have. I will continuously work tirelessly uh, on behalf of the club and with John's contacts, personality and desire for success. This will be another fantastic partnership to keep the club moving forward. We have to make sure that there is a team uh, united off the pitch who are all prepared to make sacrifices every day to open up income streams to make us not only sustainable, but also successful in the National League. Never missing an opportunity to talk to the right people is a skill and we have a great platform to build on and a few bumps in the road just galvanises me in doing better with the right people. JMT Plastering Director, who is John Tong, who um, a lot of you will know that is known for football in and around the Taunton area. He was um, a coach or assistant manager to Westy when he was in charge. Um so uh, JMT Plastering Director John Tong has strong affinity with the, uh, football in the Taunton area, having previously been manager of Taunton Blackbrook before joining the coaching team at the Peacocks under manager Paul West, like I said. Uh, John uh, commented saying, uh, having known Kemp for a long time and worked with him before, I know I can make a difference in not only sponsoring him for my own business, but also the contacts I have will bring new investment into the club. So I can't wait to work with Taunton Town once again. This club is close to my heart and I share the same values about trust, desire and passion for the Peacocks to help drive them forward. Make no mistakes, I'm here for the short, medium and long term and will open up doors and introduce people who will make a difference to this great club. Wow. What a statement. That's a bit of a statement, isn't it? That is a bit of a statement, isn't it? Not... Like, forgive me because I, I don't know the history and I, I, I'm sure the people you've mentioned there are great custodians of the of the club history. Yeah. Um so to bring them back into it surely can only be a good thing. Um yeah, so when, when you've got someone like that that can like he says, open up doors and con provide contacts and he's got the club at his heart. Fantastic. Let's let's um let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's let's go, yeah. Let's go. Are we going? Are we going to talk about the news that's just been uh, posted on literally, Facebook? Literally, while it. while we're sat here talking, uh, just oh. scrolling through Facebook just a second ago, got a notification. So we have uh, Paul West has become Taunton Town's new football advisor. So Paul West needs no introduction to many of you Taunton fans. Obviously, the new people will don't well won't know who he is, um, but. 
I'll read the statement that's just come through um, as we've been recording. Uh, Taunton Town are delighted to announce the appointment of club legend Paul West as football consultant to the club's board. Westy needs no introduction to the Peacocks fans, having enjoyed a long and successful career with the club. He played for the club's youth and reserve teams before making his first team debut in 1987. Crikey. Going on to make nearly 300 senior appearances for the club. He was part of the team that won five Western League titles and also appeared in two FA Vars finals, captaining the Taunton side that were victorious at Villa Park in 2001 before becoming first team manager between 2009 and 2012. Paul was also a founding trustee of the Taunton Youth Football Club and integral in helping create the player pathway with Bridgewater and Taunton College and Bishop's Lydiard Football Club, where he is now a director of football. However, his passion for Taunton Town remains undimmed. Uh, Paul remarked, it's been difficult the last few weeks listening to and reading people's comments. Also negative. The football club has taken huge steps in the last few seasons and, enjoyed, and has enjoyed great success. The TTFC brand has grown massively and all this is due to the hard work of so many people behind the scenes. The players, the staff at the club are looked uh, looked after incredibly well and always have been. The step up through the leagues has just been so quick that this time of adjustment was always going to arrive. Now this time is to stick together and bring some positivity to the party. Make no mistake about it, Kev Sturmey has taken this club to another level and we will continue to do to give everything in these muddy waters. What is Westy's role? Well, to give an honest footballing advice and help the board understand what they need to do to stabilise Taunton Town in the National League South and also uh, how we can integrate the integrate, sorry, the tremendous youth policy we have in our brilliant club. Chairman Kevin Sturmey commented, as with any football club, we have to continue continuously assess and reassess our staff, which does include a huge number of volunteers. Without volunteers, this club could not function and I salute you all. While we have a lot of football knowledge within the club board level, there are some gaps which need to be filled. There has been some neg negative press and speculation recently, and I've always been having a three-dimensional view helps the right decisions to be made, which means, for me, speaking to a lot of people who I discuss so many football-related subjects with. I don't have all the answers, and I won't always make the right decisions, but luckily I've built a great network of contacts in professional and non-league football. Uh, one of the best is Paul West, and he has done virtually every role here at the club for fifteen from 15 years old in the reserves and is now a Taunton Town legend. I've been chatting to Paul lately, and he knows the club inside out, bleeds claret and blue, and has the knowledge, skills and contacts needed to help us. He will join the club in a voluntary position as a football consultant, invited to me in my roles and the board. Beautifully read, Richard. Thanks, mate. That's all right, mate. Um, exciting. Yeah. They obviously, they, those those two um, latest bits of information there. With, did you say it was John Tong, the JMT plastering? Yeah, so John Tong is the guy who runs JMT plastering. Yeah, but obviously they've got a connection as well. That that John and and Paul West. Um, yeah. So th so they're coming in, they're coming in as well, and they've got the club's sort of best interest at heart, and they obviously love it. So. Yeah, great. To be, to be honest, it's just, as Kev said in his little statement, it, we just need a little bit of positivity and bringing those two in who are, who bleed, like Kev said, bleed claret and blue. Those two are Taunton fans, always have been. They've And when they were coaches together, they're, they're a great unit together. And just to have, excuse me, just to have that knowledge um, locally and... Um, for them to be known around the club as well, that's gonna that, it's gonna do wonders. Um, 
you know, you've got to be optimistic in these sort of things because I'm not being funny. The last couple of weeks hasn't been great, mate. <laughs> it's been tough. It's been one of the toughest spells in the club's history, I would say. Definitely. It's um different perspective uh, than what it was probably in the middle of, sort of September, October when we were flying high and everyone was sort of chasing the playoff promotion dream, whatever. Um, yeah, but it'll okay. It'll level out. And like you say, this, this might be the start of that. This might be the um, little bit of good news that turns our fortunes around. So, yeah. Let's hope so, mate, shall we? Yeah, and I think football's an entertainment business, isn't it? So you want people to have a smile on their face and have a good time. And it's always like that, is it? It's not all sunshine, rainbows and unicorns dancing around when you're a football fan. But um, yeah, that's what you sign up for. But these little these little nuggets of good news, these little nuggets of, of positivity, they need to be they need to be harboured and they need to be promoted. And yeah, great. Let's um I look forward to meeting him, to be fair. I have never met never met Paul. I'm looking forward to just picking his brains on top of the town. Honestly, do you know what I mean? Honestly, mate, Wesley will talk the hind legs of a donkey, mate. He will just talk oh, and talk. Love that. I think he might be a great guest for a podcast. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. Literally, the guy is taught. If if you were if you were to talk Taunton Town right with amongst fans, name you name me, Mister Taunton Town. Westy is Mister Taunton Town. Percent. I want to hear the story as well about lifting the FA Vars in Villa Park. I want to hear that story. I want to try and put myself in those shoes because. What other Taunton Town captains done that? Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of Taunton Town captains that have probably done a lot of other things. Nick Grant, for example. Yeah. Get the team out. National League South. Um, FFRs. Villa Park. Love that. Mate, I was there. It was a day. Absolute day. Do you know you what? were there? Actually, I'll tell you what. My mum, I went obviously back to my mum's on Tuesday night after the game and she's found out she's been clearing out some drawers of like photo albums and stuff. And she's found my photo album that I had of the day of all the pictures I took of that gate of that day. Class. class, claret and blue, everything. The 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 whole the whole day having my picture taken with Tom Kelly, um, who was a player back in the day. Played used to play for Torquay. Um, oh, mate, what a day! So many memories. Like, I'm, I'm looking for. You oval. Hey, you the oval. I did. I, I do. <laughs> Steady, don't don't catch me out. <laughs> no, I love it, mate. I love it when people recount those memories. Just listen to you talk about it, then like big smile on your face, and oh, all man. because all because one guy has come back on like been announced on Facebook, and it takes you to that different place. Um, love it. Do you know what I mean? That's what that's what people's lasting memory need to be of. Not just our football club, every football club. Um. They, they, it, it's what you look forward to every single Saturday, win, lose, or draw. Yeah. Talking of Saturday, you got a game. Well, tonight, right? Um, this is the one that's more important. It's Dover. Um, more important than Tuesday night, I, I think, because Yeovil are going to win the league. We all know that. Um, but this is obviously a, but this is a real six pointer, isn't it, on Saturday against Dover? Yeah. I, in, in a footballing sense, this is more important. Tuesday was more important from a geographical sense, wasn't it? And a and a and a rivalry point of view and whatever. Um but yeah, a win for us on Saturday does does great things. Um in terms of just pushing us away from those bottom four teams at at, at the bottom of the division. 
Dover, I think, are sort of stranded at the moment down there, aren't they? I say strand. They're they're in touch with the team above them, um, which is having a Waterlooville. Is that right? That's yeah, right. having a Waterlooville. So, um, we're twelve points clear of Dover with three games in hand. Yeah. So, make that fifteen points clear. We're still with three games in hand. At least that's that's. You'd like to think that, do you know what I mean? 12 point swing over the course of the season, a big, big jump. It's more sort of like Eastbourne and, and Welling and teams like that. So we've got Eastbourne soon, haven't we? To be fair, I think. Yeah, so that'll be, that'll be, that'll be another big game. That was, that was, um, no, we haven't. I've made that 16th of March. That was, I think it's something else. But still, it's, it's all a bit congested down, down in that part of the, down in that part, of the, that part of the league, to be fair, it's congested everywhere. It's a mental league that we play in. Yeah, it is. You, you one week you could be down the bottom, and the next week you could be at the top. It's weird. It's just such a strange league. Anyone can be anyone. The biggest gap between one team and the next is first and second. Annoyingly, yeah. Annoyingly, thirteen points. Just looking at Dover. Because- at Dover's form, mate. It's one win in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games. Yeah. More so, than that, isn't it? More than that. More than that. Oh, crikey. Yeah. More than that. I'm just looking at it now. It's more than that. One, two, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, mate. <laughs> that number just that number just kept going. I think in the league they have won two games all year. That's poor form. That's poor form. They've had a lot of draws, in fairness. Obviously, we went there October and, and yeah. draw. And we were we were one nil down, weren't we? To be fair. They we were one nil down, two one up, two all. Um, they scored that free kick, didn't they? It was a good goal. Oh, yeah, I remember that, yeah. But, yeah, it'd be um, yeah, a game that I think is is big for us. Is it one of those? What do you think? Is it more important to win or is it more important to not lose that game? Oh, um, Tough, isn't it? It is, mate. It is. I think with everything that's going on, uh, don't lose on Saturday. Don't lose on Saturday. Like, obviously, go out to win. Um, like John says, <laughs> win, don't lose. Um, it's probably why it's so good for a manager to be fair, because they're so simple, but it's <laughs> spot on every time. Um, yeah, they're just there's a few there's a few tough little games that you have to navigate throughout a season. I think this might be one. Yeah. Because they're they're probably going to turn up and think we get a winner, we'll we'll come here and and we might be able to do something. Who knows what what mindset they're in uh, with the run of form they're on? But they might look at us and be like, "This is our this is one of our best chances of getting a win." Yeah, because to be perfectly honest, they weren't that bad when we played them. No, they had they had quite a bit of life. I remember in their team, like really exciting players going forward. Um. Which, if someone has a good game and they're 
they're quick and agile, dynamic, and they can open the game up. Who knows? It, I, I don't like looking at the league table like that when there's a team such a big gap like that because all of their players are good players because they play at this level. They're all good players. They can all, on their day, they have the ability to hurt a team. And especially if that team, i.e. us, not in a great place ourselves, um, I reckon they travel down with a little bit of confidence, potentially. Um, yeah. So big, big, like, opening 10, 15 minutes for us where we can come out after them and sort of put the pressure early, maybe get a couple to settle us right down. Go on then, prediction for Saturday. 3-1. Having it, that's nice. Yeah, go on then, who's scoring? Having it. Having it. Um, who is scoring? Ollie Chamberlain. Oh, I feel, I just think I'll say his name every single week, to be fair. But it just, it's just dangerous every time he gets score. Um, Ollie Chamberlain, Ross Stern, and Nick Grimes. Okie dokie. I'm just, just going to take a look at what the boys said in the um, group chat. John went for, uh, John went for a 2-0 win. Over Dover with Lloyd James and Ross Stern scoring. Uh, Maxi has gone for a two-two. Um, I can't think. I can't see his goal scorers. Can you? Yeah, uh, he said. Oh, I did read this earlier. I don't want to say it because it's wrong. But he definitely said it. Keep talking, I'll come back to you. Uh, what am I going to go for? I'm I'm going to go out there, you know. I was really, like, being a realist when we played Yeovil last week and said we're going to lose. I'm going for it. I'm going for a 4-0 win. 4-0? Oh, no. I'm going for 4-0. You just want to commentate on a 4-0 win, don't you? I would love it, mate, to be fair. I just, I, I just yeah. love it when I'm, and, you're on, and you're commentating on it. Nothing better. Um, who am I saying? I'm going to go... Uh, I'm going to go for and this is going to be a surprise to all of you I'm going to go for a Nat Jarvis double uh, Nat Jarvis double I'm going to go for Evander Grubb in the second half oh hello and uh, who else is going to get another one I think I think Rabbi's in the score as well Robbie. Yeah, I'm love that. Deserves a goal to be fair. This Robbie, hundred percent. Um, Max, by the way, Max went for Marley Rose and Marcus Day for the goal scorers against Dover in his two-all draw. And as we're here, we may as well do because we've got a game on Tuesday night as well. Um, against Slough. Um. Outtown. Bit of revenge, hopefully. Should we yeah. do your prediction for um, Slough on Tuesday? I'm going to say 2-1 win. Okay. I'm going six points in three days, four days. Love that. Big, big weeks for the Peacocks. Love that. Yeah. Um, my 2-1 will be Lloyd James. And 
to be fair, I like a Van de Grub actually. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Um can you find Max's for Tuesday? Yeah, I've got Tuesdays for Max. Max has gone again two all draw. Uh, I, I get the impression he couldn't be bothered with his predictions. <laughs> I think he's um, out, he, yeah. He's gone for Ollie Chamberlain and Nat Jarvis against Slough. Um, Jos has gone for... Uh, let me just grab it here. Uh, he has gone for a 1-0 win over Slough. Chamberlain to score. You know what? Chamberlain gets mentioned a lot in these predictions, doesn't he? Fan favourite on the podcast, mate. It's yeah. Chamberlain. Um... Hmm, Slough Tuesday. Uh, I'm going to go 2-0, I think. And I am saying Ross Stern and Nick Grimes on Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I guess really like what I saw from Vanda and Rabi on Tuesday, on Tuesday night. I just think this is the sort of game that They'll be up for it. I on well on Saturday on Saturday, sorry, against Dover. I think the um, the youngsters are gonna get in amongst it. I just think though that like the young players, especially Evander, just the way he plays, Slough has got absolutely no fear at all. Yeah. And right. he's low centre of gravity, he's tricky, he's he's he's, he's quite nippy, he's, he looks so slow turn of pace. Um yeah, once he adapts to the level, then exciting player in there. We watched him obviously play in the Somerset Cup, didn't we? Yeah. We played Port's Head. I didn't watch oh, the... Didn't oh, you didn't watch Port's Head? No. Um, what was the... What was the other game? Street. The Somerset Cup. Street, yeah, I missed that one. Um, but I watched him play against Port's Head and again, I know he's playing a team a few levels below, whatever, but you can only go up against the team in front of you and he was a handful that night. He was he was not someone you wanted to defend against, um. So yeah, hopefully, sort of discovers that form again, and we we see that for the next twenty two games, twenty three games. How many games we left? Um, I think we've covered, mate, most of like what's coming up this this week and everything else. However, yeah, I, sounds like it. I did put um a post out on Facebook asking for questions. Uh, when did I do that? A couple of days ago. Yeah. Uh, so just asking for people's questions and topics for this week. Uh we've got a couple to be fair, which is good. I read them to be fair before coming on. Good, good questions. Uh right. We'll start from the top then. Mike Kurzweil with the first question. If a player refuses to play because they want to force a move to another club on a free transfer, should their wages be docked? It's a bit of a twofold question, that. Um, if they're under contract, I don't think that they can force it on a free. Obviously, it has to be mutually terminated. Yeah. Um, to get a move somewhere else, if you've got to be on loan or, or someone's going to have to buy them up the contract. So, I don't think, I don't think, like, saying I'm not playing, is is the way to go to force a move. At the same time, if if a team's come in for a player and the player's interested in that move, bigger club, more money, whatever, um, 
it's probably in the player's best interest and maybe the team to not play. Because um, if they get an injury or, or things like that, um, obviously the move's off. And things aren't really guaranteed in football, are they? You've always got to deal with the here and now, I think. So, um, yeah, tough one. Tough. Dynamic. Again, you hope you don't encounter it, but it does happen. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I'm guessing he's in reference to potentially Austin, who didn't play on Tuesday night, um, which Rob Dre covered. Um, what do I think? It's a it's a difficult one to be honest because it all depends on what your man what your manager feels. Because end of the day, if you turn around to your gaffer and go, "Sorry, gaffer, I I, I don't want to play." If you were a manager, because obviously you you have been a manager, what would you say to that? Because if that was me, I'm like, well, if you don't want to play now, you don't want to play next week or the week after. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. If a player says to me. I don't want to play. That's it's not even a conversation. It's done. It's not even like all right, fine. Do you know what I mean? Like I you need a hundred percent of everybody while they're there. Um and if that's two hours, three hours, we need a hundred percent. You need to give a hundred percent. I need it from you as a manager, but your teammates as well need to know that you're in the room, yeah. you're present, you're here, you're right now. Um, if there's a header need to win, tackle need to make, you've got to be there. Yeah, your head. It's not it's, it, exactly. It's not fair. So, um, uh, yeah, I, if if a player says like, "I'm not going to play because I'm not in the right headspace," um, I think weirdly, I think that's probably a good thing because <laughs> you wouldn't want them to play if there's a little bit of doubt or they're like not fully there. Oh, they're not going to put their foot in the tackle in case like something goes wrong, or they're not going to go up for a, an aerial header because they get a knock or. A bump or a bruise or whatever. Um, no, I, I I think you've got to be smart with it big time. It's um, it's so many angles you can look at it though, isn't there? Like like you were saying, it's like um, because if you play, you could make a mistake and your head's not in the game, and you could cost your, your team points. It's just it's one of those. Hundred percent. And what like <laughs> probably be worse to be fair. So if you played, made a mistake, right, and then two days later you leave, like you are, like in the bad books aren't you to be fair yeah. so I, I think it's best to take yourself out of the situation I think it's best for all parties um, and yeah we'll see see how it unfolds I guess uh, second question we got from David Thomas Berry uh, why have we got so many coaches backroom staff when so many players are leaving because of finances and what do they all do um I'm not going to answer that because we don't need to justify what those guys do. They do a good job, and we don't we don't need to we don't need to explain. It. I, I don't think personally. If you want to, feel free. But I um I get involved in that. End of the day, we've got an assistant coach. We've got a goalkeeping coach, which you, which you should have at all levels of football, in my opinion. We've got um uh assistant manager um and whatever. End of the day you want a coach in each position or you want as many heads in that on that dug, in the dressing room and dugout as possible, in my opinion, because the more heads in uh, looking at 90 minutes because there's something the manager might miss, I think, to be honest with you, I, it's not, I don't see it as a problem, in all fairness. Um, question from Jody Grabham. Do we need a new striker? Three out the door last week, if you include DSB permanently. Not yet been replaced. Rose was said to be a striker midfielder and did indeed play in midfield when he came on for Sterney. 
uh, doing his best up front, and then young attacking midfielder Evander Grubb. What do you think? I think every team probably needs a striker. <laughs> um, but that's why they demand such high fees and wages and whatever, because the most hard, the most profitable thing in, in football is put the ball in the net. Um, we, we, we maybe do, but we've got Stern and Jarv, Evander that can do a job definitely up there as an impact player for sure. Um, Marley Rose might get, might get a chance up front depending on situation. So that, that would be four. Um, Cam Evans can go up front. <laughs> Cam, Cam Evans, honestly, he can play anywhere. Cam Evans can play anywhere. Um, he was really effective, to be fair, at, like off the front, winning flick-ons and whatever. Um, yeah, maybe, but at the same time, maybe not. Um, you you're, you're, you don't want too many because you've got to share out their game time. No one wants to come in just sit on the bench all the time. So it's a bit of a balancing act. So um, I feel like four is a good number. Yeah. Um... Especially because they can all play like like different positions as well, couldn't they? You could play you could play two of them and then you still get the other two on the pitch somewhere. Yeah, because if you look at it, like Cerny's playing behind Jarv at the moment, and like Evander mm-hmm. can go attacking midfielder, or he can go into that attack into a striker role. Um, Marley can, I think, is named as an attacking midfielder slash striker if you look at his stats. Um, yeah, yeah, I think to be honest with you, I don't think we need any more because we all know our problem is up front because like our goal scoring record hasn't been great. We know that we haven't got a problem problem at the back, in my opinion. Uh, I think we're quite strong at the back. Yeah, it's we all know we need a striker, and hopefully, what we've got at the moment is enough. To be honest, yeah, I think so. I mean, we've got two, we've got a good blend of our age, experience, and like youthfulness as well. Um, yeah. So there, there's there will be a a formula out of the four that we've got. Add in Cam Evans as well potentially. Um, that we can we can get to work. The other two questions we had were, can we talk about Zach and Marley's debut on Tuesday? Um, We said earlier, Zach was brilliant, I thought. A lot of promise there, I think. Um, I think think he will be exciting. Um, I think fans will will enjoy watching him full-back, wing-back, wherever he sort of lines up. as an attacking threat as well. Um, obviously, we spoke about a long throw. Um, yeah, good good acquisition, I think. And obviously with Marley, we only saw him for a brief period, didn't we? So it's kind of like, give him another yeah, game. We, I was going to say, we can't, we can't really can't really cast judgment over that just yet. But but again, obviously, the club he's at, I mean, he's, on, he's on loan from Bristol, Bristol City. Um, he's going to be of a decent enough pedigree to to be at a club like that, so yeah, let's see what see what he can do with us when he when he gets his chance and see uh, see what he does for us. And the last question comes from Harry Johnson: Can we talk about that Rabi tackle? We absolutely can, Harry. Anytime, any place. It was a thing of beauty. To be fair, it got <laughs> it got good reception. It's one of those that Rabi must have got off the ground and big smile on his face and gone. Yeah, you know we've got, like end of the season awards and that. I really hope that like Max or someone can make like a highlight reel 
And if that yeah, little montage is not on there, oh, it was just one of those yeah. ones where the whole crowd, as you said earlier, just went up and like, Ooh. they loved it, didn't they? Yeah, they loved it. They loved it. It um, it's one of those that it sometimes needs something like that. If if like if the game's tight, which it was at that point, um, sometimes needs a bit of a tackle just to get get everybody off their seat, get the crowd up and going and. Yeah, great moment for Ravi as well. He's, he's He has been superb the last couple of games. I thought he was great. And to be honest with you, I'm hope he, I hope he scores on Saturday. Yeah, let's hope so, mate. Um, I think we've covered most of the things, mate, to be honest. Yeah, we've 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 not gone off topic, to be fair, too much. Either of I think it might be Max and John who sending us off, off guard, mate, uh, down a windy, windy lane. We'll, we'll let the... Uh... We'll let the listeners decide that. Right, put your opinions into the club. Let us know at Taunton Town on Twitter. Yeah, at Peacock's Radio on Twitter, please. Yeah, love it, <laughs> love it, love it. Um, let us know if you just want us two to carry on. Then by all means, just let us know. I'll do it anytime, any place, any week. I've just got a, yeah. I've just got a, a message from John. Apparently, he's been had seven days put in from Yate. <laughs> John Reed. That's why he's not here. <laughs> Yate Radio. Here we come. <laughs> Um, Love it. So that covers episode. Right, I'm going to get this right this time. Episode thirteen. Episode of, one three. One three of the podcast. Um, it's been a double act, and this double act might be on Peacock's radio on Saturday. We don't know yet. All depends on how our little little warrior John Reed is on Saturday. Let's hope so, mate. Let's, um, let's hope. Mate, if he's not there, of course I'll step in. But um. I hope he's he's fit and healthy and enough to be there. So that's the game on Saturday. Really, 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 really want a big crowd on Saturday because obviously three thousand on on Tuesday night was great. Um, could do with a good crowd on on just cheering the boys on on Saturday night. Yeah, get yourself down there. Weather, weather looks all right as well, doesn't it? Um, probably not. Probably not twenty five degrees, but um, get yourself down there. Get a mate. Get down there. Support the boys. And Westy's back as well. A little Q and A with Westy at halftime, maybe who knows? Do you know what, Love mate? That. Get him on a coach. If he comes on the coach with us, literally sit behind. Yeah, that's what. That's what, when you were talking earlier. I was like, I'm gonna have a new friend on the coach now. I'm just gonna yap him the whole way. He knows me as Ginge. That's all it's gonna be for all the, all the way through. Why does he call you that? Don't know, mate. <laughs> Can't tell. <laughs> going going grey now. Yeah, yeah. Happy to us all, mate. Thanks, Ads. Been a good one. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. Uh, no worries. And we will catch you all, hopefully, the four of us, next week. Little slice of peacocks in your pocket.